0: Care of the Patient Undergoing Robotic-Assisted Brain Biopsy with Stereotactic Navigation An Overview by Beth Harrison and others Abstract Brain tumors can cause pressure, swelling, and functional changes to the surrounding tissue and lead to sensory motor symptoms. Such tumors are either benign or malignant, and their origin can be primary or metastatic. Although diagnostic studies, for example, computed tomography and magnetic resonance imaging, can reveal a mass and provide information on its location, size, and relationship to surrounding structures, the most definitive way to make a diagnosis requires a brain biopsy tissue sample. The robotic-assisted technique with stereotactic navigation allows the neurosurgeon to merge preoperative scans with a computer program to provide a map of the planned surgical trajectory and use the robot to obtain the biopsy. The Robotic Assisted Brain Biopsy with Navigation provides improved accuracy with small incisions that may not be possible using non-robotic-assisted techniques. This article provides background information and an overview of the nursing considerations for patients undergoing robotic-assisted brain biopsy procedures. An estimated 700,000 Americans live with a primary brain tumor. Approximately 30% of these tumors are malignant, and the remainder are benign. Malignant brain tumors can be either primary, originating in the brain, which affect approximately 30,000 individuals each year, or metastatic, originating elsewhere in the body, which affect approximately 200,000 individuals each year. The most common primary brain tumors are meningiomas and gliomas, for example, glioblastoma multiforma, ependiomas, astrocytomas, and oligodendrogliomas. Gliomas account for 81% of malignant tumors in adults, although brain imaging studies, for example, computed tomography, CT, magnetic resonance imaging, MRI, can reveal a mass Physicians cannot make a diagnosis until after the pathological examination of a brain biopsy tissue sample is complete. Brain Tumor Overview The brain is divided into six sections—frontal lobe, parietal lobe, occipital lobe, temporal lobe, cerebellum, and brainstem—see Figure 1. And each lobe performs different functions— such as regulating behavior, judgment, understanding, vision, balance, coordination, memory, sense of smell, reasoning, and emotion. A brain tumor occupies space, and as it grows, it can cause pressure, swelling, and functional changes in the surrounding brain tissue, leading to a variety of signs and symptoms. For example, headaches, seizures, fatigue, sensory loss, aphasia, visual deficits, and cognitive dysfunction. Diagnosing a Tumor When a patient presents with signs and symptoms of a brain tumor, licensed independent practitioners, such as an advanced practice nurse or a physician, perform a basic neurological examination to determine the origin of the patient's symptoms before ordering diagnostic imaging. The examination involves assessing cranial nerve function, for example, motor function, sensory perception, and determining the patient's Glasgow Coma Scale score. A licensed independent practitioner uses defined assessment criteria to evaluate the function of each of the 12 cranial nerves. Diagnostic imaging studies, for example, CT-MRI, with and without contrast media, Provide information on the tumor's location, size, and relationship to surrounding structures. Brain Biopsy Examination of a tissue sample is the most definitive way to diagnose a brain tumor. There are more than 150 types of brain tumors. Treatment varies according to the type of tumor and generally includes radiation, chemotherapy, surgery, or a combination of these modalities. Therefore, obtaining an accurate tissue sample is a critical step in choosing an appropriate treatment regimen. The decision to perform either a biopsy or a complete tumor resection may require collaboration between a neurosurgeon and neurooncologist. Neurosurgeons use a variety of techniques to obtain a brain biopsy that is, open, needle aspiration, stereotactic guided, and robotic assisted. The open biopsy entails removing a piece of skull to expose and then remove the tumor. Neurosurgeons may perform a needle aspiration biopsy, with or without stereotactic guidance, which involves drilling a small hole in the skull and using a narrow, hollow needle to remove a tissue sample. Performance of a stereotactic guided biopsy requires either a frame or fiducial markers on the patient's scalp, for the navigation using three-dimensional imaging (CT or MRI), computer targeting algorithms, and a computer workstation to pinpoint the exact area from which to obtain tissue, see Figure 2. Neurosurgeons also can use one of three types of robotic systems during a brain biopsy procedure, including one, an autonomous system that reproduces the neurosurgeon's pre-programmed movements; two a dependent system in which the neurosurgeon always maintains full control of robotic movements or 3 a shared control that is robotic assisted system in which the robot and neurosurgeon share control of various robotic movements when compared with non-robotic assisted techniques the robotic assisted technique with stereotactic navigation is safe effective and allows the surgeon to achieve greater accuracy when obtaining brain biopsy tissue without increasing operative time. Results of a compounding scholarly acceptance analysis on robotic-assisted brain biopsy with navigation show a trend toward acceptance in the medical community. Therefore, perioperative nurses should have knowledge of the robotic-assisted brain biopsy procedure and the associated nursing considerations. Robotic Assisted Brain Biopsy with Navigation Before robots were available for use during neurosurgery, surgeons performed brain biopsies via craniotomy, an invasive procedure that included extended recovery times, discomfort, and scarring. A robotic-assisted brain biopsy with navigation allows neurosurgeons to perform a less invasive procedure than in the past. Although neurosurgeons initially incorporated robotics into surgical procedures to perform brain biopsies, they now use robotics when performing additional neurosurgical procedures, such as deep brain stimulation, epilepsy electrode placement for intracranial electrocephalogram monitoring, endoscopic third ventriculostomy, a procedure that involves making a small hole so cerebrospinal fluid can drain, and transnasal endoscopy. Robotic technology and navigation with CT-compatible imaging in the computer system allows the surgeon to calculate the precise location and depth of tissue to be sampled. Neurosurgeons can use the robotic-assisted technique for any brain biopsy. However, the increased accuracy is beneficial when precision is necessary, such as for a brainstem tumor or a tumor adjacent to blood vessels. The benefits of robotic-assisted brain biopsy are similar to those associated with the minimally invasive approach and include increased accuracy, small incisions, and reduced procedure and anesthesia time. When preparing for a robotic-assisted brain biopsy with navigation, the neurosurgeon creates a detailed map of the patient's brain using the planning software in conjunction with the uploaded imaging studies. The map allows the neurosurgeon to examine the brain from multiple views, and develop a surgical approach expressly to avoid critical structures, such as blood vessels. In the OR, the neurosurgeon uses the robotic computer system to register and pair the robotic arm to record the patient's position and anatomy, creating a detailed scan of the patient's facial structure that matches the preoperative images. Based on the preoperative mapping and registration, the neurosurgeon chooses the movements on the computer system to guide the robot and surgical instruments during the procedure, thereby allowing the neurosurgeon to visualize the instruments from the patient's imaging in real time. Preoperative Patient Preparation On the day of surgery, the perioperative nurse confirms the patient's identity using two identifiers, assesses his or her health status and readiness for the surgical procedure, And verifies that all preoperative orders for laboratory testing, for example, blood chemistry, hematology, coagulation studies, typing and crossing of blood products, polymerase chain reaction test for coronavirus disease 2019, diagnostic evaluations, for example, electrocardiogram, chest X-ray, and preoperative clearance have been completed. The nurse also verifies that test results are within expected limits and available in the electronic health record. He or she completes any additional orders, for example, placing sequential compression devices, SCDs, administering antibiotics, and verifies the patient's NPO status. The anesthesia professional meets with a patient and reviews his or her medical and surgical history and discusses the anesthetic plan. For example... IV insertion, phases of anesthesia. Similar to other robotic-assisted neurosurgical procedures, for example, lead implantation for deep brain stimulation, the preoperative orders include a preoperative CT scan of the head with thin slices, for example, 0.6 millimeters, and an MRI scan of the brain with and without contrast for use during surgical planning and site mapping. The surgeon meets with a patient and his or her family member, or significant other, explains the procedure, discusses the expected and unexpected outcomes or complications, for example, infection, stroke, brain hemorrhage, paralysis, coma, meningitis, possible need for additional surgery if biopsy results are inconclusive, death, answers any questions, and obtains consent. There is a risk of hemorrhage during cranial procedures, so the surgeon also may obtain a blood transfusion consent. The surgeon verifies the patient, procedure, operative site, and side, and marks the surgical site with a designated marker, according to the facility's policy. During the preoperative phase, nurses provide education to patients and family members, or significant others and should be aware that the stress of the planned surgery and location of the brain lesion may affect the patient's mental status and memory. As a result, it may be necessary to provide information repeatedly in a variety of formats and include multiple family members when providing patient education. The information should be standardized so that all members of the healthcare team can reinforce the concepts and should address the intensive care unit. ICU, post operative stay, possibility of prolonged intubation, pain management, activity level after surgery, post operative imaging, expected post operative course, incision care, and planned follow up office visits. When planning the care of a patient undergoing robotic assisted brain biopsy with navigation, perioperative nurses should consider the following nursing diagnoses. 1. Anxiety related to the surgical outcomes, unfamiliar surgical experience, and tissue biopsy results. 2. Possible alteration in safety related to sensory motor changes. 3. Risk of infection or complications, for example, hemorrhage. And 4. Alteration in the patient's body image related to the effects of brain surgery, removal of hair at the surgical site, and possible responses to treatment after determining the results of the surgical pathology examination. Nursing interventions for managing these nursing diagnoses include listening to the patient's concerns, attentively monitoring the patient after surgery, adhering to safety protocols, for example, guidelines for preventing surgical side infections, providing privacy when performing preoperative hair removal, and educating the patient on the effects of postoperative treatment associated with the surgical pathology results. Intraoperative Phase The RN circulator verifies that all the necessary equipment and supplies, for example, robotic system, including the associated computer navigation system and monitor, monopolar electrosurgical unit, and bipolar coagulation units, suction battery or nitrogen source, drill, are available, tested, and ready for use. The RN circulator also verifies that the robotic system is functioning as expected. Perioperative RNs who provide patient care during robotic surgeries may benefit from a comprehensive understanding of the robotic system. In addition, to support a safe environment, the RN circulator should demonstrate competence operating the robotic system and the ability to troubleshoot emergent errors that may shut down the system and compromise patient care. The anesthesia professional and RN circulator transport the patient to the OR and assist the patient from the transport cart to the supine position on the OR bed. The RN circulator performs routine nursing tasks, such as connecting the SCDs and assisting the anesthesia professional with placing the blood pressure cuff, oxygen saturation sensor, and leads for cardiac monitoring. After induction, the anesthesia professional may insert an arterial catheter and a central venous catheter and administer antibiotics if needed. The perioperative nurse's role includes advocating for patients, which is crucial during positioning for robotic-assisted procedures. In addition to facilitating exposure for surgery and access for the anesthesia professional to manage the airway and circulation, the patient's position also should prevent injury and allow for robotic function at the surgical site. The RN circulator advocates for the patient during positioning activities. The surgeon applies the head stabilization device and connects it to the robotic system, see Figure 3, before applying the stereotactic head frame If applicable, he or she registers landmarks from the stereotactic head frame or fiducial markers in the robotic system and three dimensional imaging. The robotic computer system merges these images with the preoperative CT and MRI scans. The surgeon uses the imaging landmarks to map a safe surgical approach, plan, and trajectory in the robotic system. The RN circulator collaborates with perioperative team members. To complete all facility-required pre-incision activities. For example, patient positioning, preoperative count, placement of dispersive electrode, timeout. The neurosurgeon infiltrates the marked surgical site with a local anesthetic. For example, 1% lidocaine with epinephrine. To avoid patient anxiety, a non-scrubbed perioperative team member clips the hair in the OR before applying the skin antiseptic. After allowing the solution to dry, the scrubbed team members use sterile technique to drape the site. Surgical technique. The neurosurgeon uses a number 10 knife blade to make the incision. He or she then divides the scalp tissue, places a self-retaining retractor, uses a periosteal elevator to clean the periosteum from the skull, and uses a high-speed drill with an acorn-shaped bit to make a burr hole in the location over the biopsy site. The neurosurgeon coagulates and incises the dura and coagulates the pia before securing the biopsy navigation equipment to the skull and using preoperative and intraoperative imaging to confirm accuracy with the robotic system. The neurosurgeon determines the planned trajectory of the biopsy and secures the biopsy cannula, which is part of the navigation system. Using the foot pedal or a manual technique, the neurosurgeon slowly introduces the biopsy needle to the target point and then obtains multiple core sections containing the targeted tissue. The scrub person and RN circulator secure the tissue samples in the appropriate containers, and the RN circulator facilitates transfer of the specimens to the pathology laboratory for frozen section and permanent specimen analysis. After obtaining all the specimens— the neurosurgeon irrigates the biopsy cannula with saline until there is return of clear, colorless fluid, indicating the absence of bleeding. After removing the biopsy needle, the neurosurgeon cuts absorbable hemostatic gelatin foam to the appropriate size and places it over the burr hole site before positioning a titanium cover over the surgical site foam and securing it with 4 mm titanium screws. The surgeon or assistant may irrigate the wound before using interrupted 2O-absorbable suture to close the galea, that is, the middle layer of the scalp, and a running 3O-monofilament absorbable suture to close the skin. Before wound closure begins, the RN circulator and scrub person complete the surgical counts, a scrubbed team member may apply bacitracin ointment before applying a sterile dressing to the incision. The surgeon removes the skull fixation device and evaluates the pin sites for bleeding before team members move the patient to the hospital bed and the anesthesia professional reverses the anesthetic and extubates the patient. After completing facility-specific protocols for notifying the post-anesthesia care unit, PACU, or ICU personnel of the patient's impending arrival, for example, confirming bed assignment, providing a handover report, the team transfers the patient to the designated unit. Patient placement after a brain biopsy may vary based on facility-specific factors, for example, bed availability, the patient's condition, or the surgeon's preference. Postoperative Phase Upon the patient's arrival to the PACU or ICU, the postoperative nurse completes an initial assessment of the patient's vital signs, airway, dressing, intake, and output, and performs neurological checks for alertness, motor function, and sensation. During the immediate postoperative period, the nurse verifies that the SCDs are still on and functioning, and continues to monitor the patient's condition at regular intervals such as every 15 minutes for an hour, every 30 minutes for an hour, or once every hour thereafter. The reported incidence in the literature of postoperative complications related to brain biopsy varies from 0 to 12% and includes intracranial hemorrhage, seizure, and edema. These complications usually result from the surgeon manipulating delicate structures in a small enclosed space. Neoplasms that have a vascular component, such as a geoblastoma multiforme tumors, can increase the risk for bleeding. Intraoperative swelling can cause shifting of brain tissue, which may cause postoperative sensory motor abnormalities. In a systematic review of robotic-assisted brain biopsy outcomes, 22, 7.5%, of 295 patients developed a postoperative hematoma and 2 0.7% of the 295 patients required a craniotomy to evacuate the hematoma however there was no data on the number of patients who underwent a routine postoperative imaging study 15 5.1% of the 295 patients experienced a neurological deficit and 2.7% of the 295 patients Experienced a permanent deficit. When nurses identify a post operative neurological change, they should immediately notify the surgeon, who will likely order an urgent CT scan of the brain to identify any bleeding and determine if the patient needs to return to the OR for a hematoma evacuation. If the CT scan results do not identify the cause of the patient's neurological symptoms, the neurosurgeon may order an MRI of the brain without contrast, to identify a latent complication, such as an infection. Personnel can transfer awake and hemodynamically stable patients to an inpatient nursing unit for additional indicated postoperative care, for example, monitoring, pain management, antibiotic administration, and discharge planning with physical and occupational therapists. Prolonged use of an indwelling urinary catheter increases the risk for development of a catheter-associated urinary tract infection. Therefore, personnel should remove the catheter when the patient no longer needs it. The neurosurgeon uses information from the physical and occupational therapy evaluations to determine when the patient is ready for discharge and if he or she can continue the postoperative course at home. Because final pathology results may not be available for a week, the neurosurgeon likely will discuss the results of the initial follow-up appointment. However, if the neurosurgeon has a strong suspicion that the biopsy will reveal a malignant neoplasm, he or she may refer the patient to a medical or radiation oncologist before discharge. When providing discharge instructions to the patient, the nurse should include information on contacting the neurosurgeon if the patient experiences any of the following. 1. Fever or chills. 2. Redness, pain, or drainage near the incision. Or 3. Pain that seems out of context for the surgery. The nurse should emphasize the importance of the patient reporting any signs or symptoms of infection and attending the follow-up office visit with the surgeon one to two weeks after discharge. If any additional required care related to the diagnosis, for example, resection of tumor, chemotherapy, radiation therapy, is needed. Planning may occur at this follow-up appointment. Case Study A 50-year-old right-handed male patient with a medical history of hyperlipidemia presents to his primary physician's office for evaluation of new-onset seizure activity. The physician orders an MRI scan of the brain with and without contrast, provides a prescription for the anticonvulsant levetiracetam, 750 mg twice per day, and requests a referral for an appointment with a neurosurgeon. The patient undergoes the MRI as ordered before returning home. Later that evening, he develops rhythmic shaking in his left arm and leg, but without loss of consciousness or awareness. His wife calls 911, and the paramedics transport him to the emergency department for additional evaluation while in the emergency department a neurosurgery nurse practitioner assesses the patient and recommends admission to the inpatient nursing unit for neurological checks every 2 hours seizure precautions continuation of the levetiracetam 750 milligrams twice a day addition of iv dexamethasone 4 mg every 6 hours and a ct scan of the head to rule out acute findings For example, intracranial bleeding, herniation. At the request of the nurse practitioner, the epilepsy team members complete a consult and place the patient on video electrocephalogram monitoring for seizure activity. They also recommend additional anti-epileptic medication. The CT scan reveals a right frontal lobe mass without acute intracranial hemorrhage. See figure 4 the patient experiences an uneventful night. The next morning, a neurosurgeon reviews the images, discusses the results with the patient and his wife, and recommends transfer to a primary neurological hospital for robotic-assisted brain biopsy with stereotactic navigation. The patient and his wife agree. Upon arrival to the primary neurological hospital, personnel admit the patient to the neurological step-down unit and the hospitalist team members complete the admission consult and evaluate him for medical management and clearance for surgery. The team continues the levotiracetam and the dexamethasone and orders famotidine 20 mg twice a day. They also order an MRI scan of the brain with stealth protocol, see figure 5, for planning the robotic-assisted brain biopsy with stereotactic navigation and a CT of the head for stereotactic guidance. See Figure 6. The day before surgery, the hospitalist team places preoperative orders, including NPO after midnight, a basal metabolic panel, a complete blood count, and coagulation studies. They also order the blood bank personnel to type and cross two units of packed red blood cells and place the units on hold for the OR. The inpatient nurse begins a continuous infusion of normal saline solution at midnight and notes an order for the anesthesia professional to administer 2 grams of cefazolin one hour before surgery. The morning of surgery, transportation personnel move the patient to the preoperative holding area where the neurosurgeon obtains consent for the procedure and blood administration and the anesthesia professional obtains the anesthesia consent. The preoperative nurse and RN circulator review the medication and medical and surgical history with the patient and verify completion of all preoperative orders and consents. The RN circulator and anesthesia professional transport the patient to the OR, assist him onto the OR bed, and place the monitoring devices. The anesthesia professional induces anesthesia and intubates the patient, before placing a radial arterial catheter for continuous blood pressure monitoring. The neurosurgeon positions the patient's head in the stereotactic frame and uploads the CT scan of the head and the MRI scan of the brain to the robotic computer system to coordinate the proper trajectory for the biopsy. After completion of routine preoperative activities, for example, surgical count, skin antisepsis, timeout, The neurosurgeon makes the incision and uses the robot to obtain the brain biopsy tissue, which the RN circulator sends to the pathology laboratory for frozen section examination. The scrub person and RN circulator complete the surgical counts. The surgeon and first assistant secure a metal plate over the burr hole opening and close the incision with interrupted 2O absorbable sutures, a running absorbable subcuticular suture, and surgical glue. During the wound closure, the pathologist reports that the frozen section examination shows irregular tissue. The team moves the patient to the hospital bed. The anesthesia professional reverses the anesthetic before extubation, and the team transports him to the PACU in stable condition. The PACU nurse monitors the patient according to facility policy until the neurological ICU personnel are ready to receive the patient, at which time the PACU nurse transfers him to the neurological ICU and provides a handover report. The ICU nurse monitors the patient's neurological status and vital signs each hour, and the patient resumes drinking and eating later that day. The nurse continues administering the levotiracetam and dexamethasone that the patient received preoperatively, and initiates a nicardipine drip to maintain his systolic blood pressure at less than 130 millimeters of mercury. On postoperative day one, the patient undergoes a CT scan of the head to evaluate for any acute changes. After reviewing the scan, the neurosurgeon orders the nurses to decrease the nicardipine drip according to blood pressure readings. When the patient no longer requires the drip, the ICU nurse transfers him to the neurological step-down unit and provides a handover report to the receiving nurse. An epilepsy team member reconnects the patient to the video electrocephalogram to monitor for any seizure activity, and the physical and occupational therapists visit him and complete their respective evaluations. After both therapists, the epilepsy team member and the neurosurgeon determine that the patient meets the discharge criteria the step-down unit nurse provides instructions for three follow-up visits, one with the neurosurgery team to review the final pathology results and wound evaluation, another with the primary care physician for blood pressure monitoring, and a third with the epilepsy team in four weeks. The nurse then discharges the patient to his home. His discharge medications include a dexamethasone taper, and levetiracetam, 750 mg twice daily for 4 weeks. Depending on the final pathology, the neurosurgery team may refer the patient to additional specialists at the time of the first follow-up visit. Conclusion Brain tumors can be benign or malignant, and their location can affect essential bodily functions, such as speech, strength, balance, behavior, and memory. Brain tumors can place pressure on surrounding tissue and cause symptoms that bring affected patients to a physician's office or the hospital. The robotic-assisted brain biopsy with stereotactic navigation is a safe approach to obtaining tissue for diagnosis in not only difficult-to-reach locations, but also in areas near important anatomical structures perioperative nurses should have knowledge of the robotic-assisted brain biopsy with navigation procedure, its associated risks and benefits, and the patient's perioperative course.